Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everybody. Another win. Oh, this is great, guys. I love doing this when we're winning. This is so much fun now. Uh, welcome to the Wrap-Up Live simulcast. We're all enjoying uh, the presence of our Rapcast listeners. So Samson Folk is out of the lineup for tonight. So if you haven't been here before, Wrap-Up Live is the official Raptors Republic Live postgame show where we recap, we dissect, and we have a lot of fun talking about the latest game you just watched. I'm your host, Sahal Abdi. I'm here with Aiden Moss of Raptors Republic. I'm here with Kyle Brickman of Raptors Republic. Familiar face, might I add. Familiar face of the show. Uh, this live show is also produced by none other than our man in the background, Don Yang. Um, I'm going to try and mention Don as much as possible just so we can get that comment thread going. Of, Thank you, Don, just like we did in the last game. Tonight, your Toronto Raptors defeated the Washington Wizards 109 to 100 in Washington, D.C., bringing the Raptors record to 6-3 and three on the season. And guys, what do we think about the game? I know we're going to talk a lot of Fred Van Fleet, so I'm excited about that. Um, and we're going to talk some OG Ananobi as well, but I'll start it off with Aiden. Aiden, who stood out to you the most in this game, or what stood out to you the most? Um, it felt like the Washington fans weren't really a fan of the whistle tonight. No? Which is funny because the the disparity in fouls was all for the Wizards. They were getting all the calls, just not at the right time, apparently. What stood out for me more than anything, really, was OG's playmaking. Like he, he off, uh, scoring wise, he was picking his spots and he was hitting those jumpers. He was getting to the rim, but he was passing in a, um, a more confident way, finding the cutters, keeping his, his eyes and his head up to find the right, the right guy. And that's something that's just going to advance OG more as, as the high usage guy for this team. I think he had, he hit three dudes in the first quarter, all got fouled. So he doesn't get the assist, but that's a, a virtually an assist. And I really don't know why the NBA doesn't log assists once there's a foul, because that's kind of dumb to me. But um, yeah. that's going to be a huge part of the Raptors moving forward, especially when you saw at the end of that fourth quarter how fucking ugly our offense can become. <laughs> if OG can start finding the open guys, that's just going to open things up all the more. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think OG, I'm, I'm starting to get more and more impressed with this game. Kyle, we, we're seeing everything. I mean, defensively, we know what type of player this guy is. But there was um, a run of plays in the game where he hit a three. And then, you know, Kuzma knew that, okay, maybe I got to be, be a little bit tighter on this guy on the perimeter. And then you see it right there. He just blows by Kuzma and dumps it off to a cutting V. So we've seen everything from OG, Kyle. Um are you impressed with the game you just saw? Of course. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned the playmaking because you're right. Like, to me, this is what takes them to the next level. I mean, like, that Knicks game was impressive, but there was almost nothing different between, like, that game and a different game except for the fact that he hit his shots. Tonight is, like, he's taken a step, you know, creating for others, and this is going to – this is, like, a ceiling raiser for this team. If OG can, like, run an, an offense properly, it's a ceiling raiser. And I got to – I have to talk about Ken Birch because the man like completely swung the game uh, coming in like in the fourth. He, he gave the Raptors really good minutes out of the five and uh, he's just so unappreciated. I'm sorry. This this man should be I, I think he's probably my favorite Raptor on the team easily because oh, wow. he's just wow, gives, that... <laughs> I'm serious. Look You're at just an old push. soul, aren't you? I am. I, I will. I, I feel for the man that. He gets almost no credit. Does every all the dirty work for the team? Yeah, basically like duck ins, little like you know cuts in space, sets hard screens, and you know, that's exactly what the Raptors need with the starters here. It's good for Precious too to play more of the bench because he gets to unlock his creativity a little bit. He really he unlocked his creativity over Corey Kispert tonight uh, on the bench, and I 
all in one fell swoop. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is it just me, guys, or does it does it feel unfair that we've went immediately into OG Ananobi, who who did have a great game, and we talked a little bit about Kem Birch, um, but we didn't talk about who our probably our star of the game is going to be tonight, and Fred Van Vliet, who looked absolutely possessed in this game. I keep talking about how you know Fred is just shining and gradually getting better and better in this Kyle Lowry role where um, essentially is the role where I like to say you do everything on the court that helps this team win. You have to play make, you have to rebound, you have to push the pace, you have to control the pace. Um, And Fred just does everything well. We already know he can shoot the ball at around a 40% clip from the perimeter. We know he can shoot the ball off the dribble. We've seen that the last few years. But man, oh man, guys, in this game, being a Wizards fan, watching Fred Van Vliet just cook like that, I don't know, man. I don't know. I had a little bit of I had a little bit of a doubt, honestly, coming into the year, like how he would transition and how he would adapt to this brand new role that he's in, where he's not, you know, off the ball as much. And the Raptors are gonna trust him with a massive on ball role. Um I don't know. I don't know what else to say. He had 33 points, I believe, in this game. Um, there was, you know, the fourth quarter felt like it was Fred Van Vliet versus the entire Washington Wizards team. Uh, I don't know how he didn't just tie her out. He went 13 for 22 from the field. He shot four free throws. It was three for six from three. Um, but I think the most impressive thing to me, guys, was the fact that he was a plus 15. There was no other Raptor. Actually, no, Ken Birch finished off a plus 10. So Birch. shout out to you, Kyle. Uh, Ken Birch did finish off a plus 10. So the Raptors had two players in double figures in terms of plus minus. Fred Van Vliet was at a plus 15. And then you had Malachi Flynn at a plus flat, plus five. Delano Banton at a plus five. And Chris Boucher at a plus five, who still looks like he's still rounding out in that role. You know, I don't want to get into Chris Boucher too much because of the absolute firestorm I created unknowingly on Twitter. Um, and if you haven't seen that yet, you could, you've probably seen it on some Raptors. I don't know. I got tagged on Instagram, my own personal Instagram. Oh, sorry. Um, you know, I got I, I think it was an account called the Raptors Insider um, that screenshotted my tweet with Chris Boucher's reply. And then I was getting absolutely flamed in the comments about how I was hating on him. And thank God they blah, didn't blah, blah. Uh, screenshot my comment on your post, which doubled down on it. <laughs> exactly. I barely exactly. It was... see that. But yeah. I want to say about Van Bleet, I think yeah. you talked about how he was going to adjust with more on the ball usage. And we finally saw in this game his use of the mid-range. He was all over the two elbows hitting that jumper. And that takes so much uh, pressure off of their pick and roll, which they were running a lot of tonight because you can see Gafford's kind of um, sagging back. They're sending the the, uh, Van Bleet's defender over the hedge, Mm -hmm. or sorry, over the screen. And so they're rushing him Mm -hmm. off the three-point line. And so he was making great use of that mid-range. And that's like we were talking about with OG in his game. For Van Vliet, that just opens everything else up because they have to they have to now choose to either go under the screen or bring the the screen defender up, which then opens up the lobs and the kicks and everything else. So that, that is going to be a major element moving forward for Van Vliet. Yeah, Kyle, what did you think about Fred's game? And do you feel like he's transitioning into this new role the way you thought? Or has he kind of overwhelmed you in terms of your expectations um, from what you've seen thus far? I think I've always had faith in Fred. Like, the guy gets a lot of unnecessary criticism. And I think that, you know, because basically his biggest flaw is that he's, what, he's six feet tall. Uh, yeah, barely. You know, if, you, if he was six foot seven, he'd be playing in also games. I mean, the, the tough part about him is that all this... Um, all of his finishing stuff around the rim is it's so difficult for him. And oftentimes he doesn't get it off. But if in games like this, like if they're going to play Harold as, as at the five, like Fred can just attack that all day or yeah. track and transition like that. Uh, this is a really good matchup for Fred. And I'm happy to see that it, it's a sign of a good offense when you're going to your players. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> When you're going to Ooh, your, your players that have mismatches and trusting those guys to make it happen, regardless of uh, their their stature on the team, like Van Vliet, even though likely the number one or two option either way, he got a ton of shots up tonight 
because they realized it was a good matchup for him. That's a, that's a good offense to me. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest differences for me for Fred is that this year he can operate the pick and roll and the pick and pop the way he wants to. Because last year, I felt like the big men, uh, I'm not going to name names, but you guys probably know who I'm referring to. Um, the screens are nice, but it's only so good if you can't roll with the screen, you can't finish at the rim effectively. And I think Precious Achua specifically has had a little bit of trouble with that in terms of finishing at the rim, but he sets damn good screens and he gets Precious some very good looks from the three-point line. And now teams don't really know what to do because the Wizards kind of decided midway through the game that they're going to go over, like you see there on that screen with Bradley Beal, they're going to go over every single Fred Van Vliet screen um, and just force him to the mid-range. But I mean, Fred has been cash money from the mid-range this season, so it just allows him to step inside and just operate where he wants to. Um, and then obviously you have Ken Birch, who I feel like is has incredible chemistry with Fred Van Vliet. And guys, I don't know if you saw that, but that Ken Birch possession where he caught the ball down low and immediately – I felt like he scanned the court like a cyborg in like 2.1 seconds, found OG Ananobi at the top of the three yeah. and, and hit him, and that – it's immediately Jack Armstrong and Matt Devlin were talking about how that was reminiscent of Marcus All. There was this play right here. Yeah. Immediately totally. looks looks at Gary Trent in the corner and, and notices he's guarded, finds OG, and OG's not going to miss that. So he hits him on this play. Um, yeah. And I thought that was one of the play of the games, Aiden. I don't know about you. Yeah. That, I mean, the first of all, with Achua, he's the, the, it's, it seems like a coach took him aside the, a day or two ago and said, look, like, you got to pass the ball when you get when you get when you're the roller and he did that early and he was he almost almost to a fault he was hesitating um in the paint when really a little floater would have been the ideal play and he was passing whereas birch it was automatic it was he knew where he was on the court it was two in a row push shots no problem on the third one he doesn't have that space so it's a laser beam to og and you're right we didn't have that last year the best the best thing we had last year was Boucher on a pick and pop. Now we have two guys that, um, or we have one guy who can make the right decision. We have another mm -hmm. guy who can ball handle. And I think over time uh, with Precious as a skill set is going to be more and more of a threat off of the role. Um, so, but yeah, I think I tweeted in the fourth quarter how this was the kind of game we were up nine, I think with like six minutes left. And it was like, yeah, we need that veteran presence. We don't have it. But Birch really came into the game and kind of centered us on both ends of the court. And and that's kind of why we paid him, is he is a constant um, in, in our center. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot of good things that happen in this game. I mean, we can go on and on about Ken Birch, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi. We didn't really talk about Delano Benton, how good he looked pushing the pace all game. Um, Svi looked very good in the first half. He's kind of continuing, um, you know, the consistent, productive contribution from the bench. Um, Daniil here says, uh, thank you for the donation, by the way, the $2 donation, Daniil. He says, Boucher, I, I am getting tired of his silly mistakes. Aiden and Kyle, I'm leaving this one up to you. I'm sticking by what I said about uh, keeping Chris Boucher out of my mouth for, for now. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, you're not the only one, Daniil. I, Nick Nurse seems tired of Boucher's silly mistakes, and he's not playing the minutes that he used to. And I think it, it the, sort of compounds the issue that Boucher's minutes are threatened, and he's maybe forcing even more than he was before, and his minutes are farther threatened, and so on and so forth. I mean, this is a, it's a tough moment. This is a tough moment in his uh, trajectory as a player and his career with this team. And I don't think it's getting any better. I mean, this is the minutes. Uh, what, how many minutes did he play tonight? Um, 17, and that was, you know, I guess it's a decent amount, but that's with Scotty and Pascal out. Um, I mean, what happens when they come back? Because to me, he's looking like the 11th guy or 10th guy in the rotation right now. Yeah, the, the irony yeah. with Boucher is that, like, to get in Nurse's good books is to grind it out on the defense and work hard. It's not that hard to do. And so you can't help but kind of be upset with Boucher because that's not what he's doing. And we, again, we talked about this last podcast. That was what he was doing last year. That's what built his notoriety. That's what got him playing time. And it's almost like he's too good to buy into this scheme. I don't know. It, 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 it just feels like he's not into it. 
Yeah, I don't want to, you know, harp on him too much because I feel like people hate when we, you know, bring up the negatives in the game that the Raptors come out with a win. Yeah, true. But, we just you know, in a nine point... Boucher. We love you, man. Yeah, it's not, you know, this doesn't come from a place of malice. When we criticize any Toronto Raptor, it doesn't come from a place of malice. We we criticized OG Ananobi for how he began the season, but it's everything's in context. We know, you know, this is the beginning of the season. OG's going to warm up to his new role. There's a lot of guys playing in new roles. Haven't given up on Precious Achua either, so don't worry about that. He's struggling a bit. I feel like Precious, Aiden and Kyle, I don't know if you guys agree with me specifically, but I just feel like he's overthinking it too much. He's missing a lot of gimmies at the rim. Um, nothing to go too crazy over, but I think Ken Birch has clearly outplayed him uh, this season. Um, but Nick Nurse doesn't seem like he's giving up. We saw it in, you know, I think it was Monday night's press conference where Nick Nurse said, you know, it's going to come with Precious. He's just getting comfortable. He's a second year player. Um, he's also in a brand new role. He's starting like this is a guy that for the Miami Heat last season didn't play some games. So um, this is a this is a new role for him as well. Um, it takes a while to settle in. It really does. So I'm okay. Well, I'm okay with with some of the struggles of, of Precious and Boucher. It's just a waiting game at this point. But um, when guys do struggle, guys, this can't just be you know uh, uh, Disneyland on, on wrap up live. Yeah. We, we talk yeah. about players, okay? <laughs> also we like a little bit. He he's Canadian. Like, are you crazy? If there's one player that we're gonna like love unconditionally, it's the the three Canadian guys on the team. Like, yeah, I, there's no one here who hates Chris Boucher. We're critical because it happens to be like what it was. We, it's what it's funny, Kyle. It's funny, Kyle, because last year we were getting flack. Me, myself and Oren, we were getting flack um, from some commenters when we were praising Chris Boucher so much last season because. I don't know if you guys remember, he had that crazy run. He was shooting like 50% from three over like however many games. And people were like, all right, enough, Chris Boucher. Like, can we talk about someone else? And now it's like everyone's on the other side. So um, I want to yeah. say just with Precious, like, again, we have to remember last year, all this guy did was rebound and rim run. So <laughs> Nurse is putting a lot of trust into him. He's letting He's letting Precious make decisions on his own. He's not making the right decision all the time. He's got to remember he's only 6'8". Like Jack commented on it. He was down low and he tried to go up against a Gafford. And it's like, you're not going to get that that bucket. And it's only through failure is he, he's going to, which is the case for most players. It's only through failure that you're going to learn and make the right decision the next time. And the types of passes he was making today shows you that he is learning, he is developing. And that's all you can really ask for. In the meantime, we're going to shit on him a little bit for making the wrong, <laughs> the, the wrong moves. But in the long term, this is the kind of progress you want to see. Yeah, I just feel like, again, with Precious, it's just a little bit of overdoing. He got thrusted into a starting position. A lot of people thought Ken Birch was going to start the season, um, but he didn't have training camp. He didn't have much of preseason, if at all, if I remember. Um, so maybe it's just a little bit of Precious just going a little overboard. He's trying to prove that he belongs on this team. Um, he did do very well in the summer for uh, his his national team in Nigeria. So, I mean, this is Precious just trying to prove himself. Again, second-year guy. Uh, let's give him some time. Let's give Boucher some more time. Um, and we're okay with that. But, you know, now that we talked about the struggles, let's get back to the good side. Because our guy, straight out of Rexdale, Delano Banton. Wow. I do not know what to say. I feel like every show I'm coming on here and I'm just more and more shocked by Delano Banton. Um, comes in, just pushes the pace. He's so fast. and And he's a long guy. So... It almost looks like he's moving slow, but his strides are so long that he's getting from one side of the court to the other so fast. Um, gets a rebound and just moves. Um, and Delano, you don't even need him to shoot at this point in his career. You don't. He's not a shooter. You don't need him to do that. You just need him to do what you know, he's going to do on this possession here. Just attack the rim. You see a nice little floater. That which is nice because so we don't, beautiful. Yeah, we don't see that a lot from Fred. You know, a floater is something that a lot of people have been begging for Fred to add to his game, being, you know, a six-foot or sub-six-foot guard. I don't know. What, I honestly don't know what Fred is. He could be 5'10", for all I know. Um, and it's good. It's good to see Delano attacking the rim. And for a guy that doesn't have much mass to his body, for him to be that fearless attacking the rim, guys, what are your thoughts on uh, the kid from Rexdale? Honestly, like... I, I have it written down too. Um, I, I I thought he was going to be like a guy to fill the seats of the nine oh five. Like I thought, he was, <laughs> like he's like he's like closing games, playing serious minutes. Like, um, yeah, he's incredible. And I think that 
this is sort of he's he's uh, achieved like the the according to the trajectory that we might have assumed when he was drafted. He's already like five steps ahead of this is what I thought maybe like Banton would look like in three, four years type thing. He, he's coming out of the gate looking like a like a advanced, highly advanced playmaker. He's shooting the ball well. And uh, he's just doing all the little things. He's that's a great Dano has a great point. He's like so An under control runaway train. I love that. <laughs> no, he, I don't seriously, know. If, his I don't know you how you could have that, but okay. That his his height is uh is such a big factor because he can he's so under control. You can see the whole floor. He doesn't need to panic. He's never really doesn't really dribble into dead ends and have to recycle the ball to the wing or something. He, he he's just really really intelligent, and I didn't expect a, a kid so young and so like developmentally young to be this uh to be at this level already he he also only had one turnover which is great and the thing is is most of the turnovers he does have it's kind of like he's seeing something in that next dimension that isn't actually there and so like that's that's like that's high that's high iq that's the kind of stuff you want to see from the guy that's kind of running your second unit a little bit but the fact that he's controlling uh he's in more control now and he limited his turnovers in this game is just another uh, surprising thing coming from a rookie. I think what made the Raptors such a good transition team um, really since they've had Kyle Lowry, um, you know, prior to this season was the fact that Kyle, one of his best attributes was just controlling the pace of the game. And at, at that point you really felt like Kyle um, hit, like one of the things he's oh, and you see it with Miami too. I posted, I had a post on my Twitter um, where Kyle, you know, was a high screen roll with with Dwayne Dedman, and he just fed him perfectly underneath the rim. And and the reason why I think Kyle's so good, not just for Miami, but was good for Toronto, is because of that. He just reads the floor so well. But I feel like Delano doesn't obviously read the floor as well. But the fact that he can push the pace so fast and keep the Wizards and the three or four teams before this just completely off balance guys are rushing to their who they think their defensive assignment is a lot of times that that turns out to be a mistake and Delano's almost always making the right decision um and it never really seems like he's forcing it he's confident but he's not forcing it which is very different uh for yeah. for rookies in general that come into the league so I'm excited I'm excited with Delano I'm, I'm very excited to see what what's to come if he already looks like a good bench contributor at this point guys uh you know Dude. That one-handed runner was so sweet. It was so flat and smooth and perfect. And, like, if he can start mastering that, the difference between him and Van Bleet, obviously, is the nine inches or whatever <laughs> the, the hell contrast it is. Like, it's incredible. And so he can get that floater all day, all he wants. Um, and so if he doesn't have a good pull-up, that's a pretty good uh, um, alternative in the short term. Yeah, absolutely. Can we, um, Don, can we get into some of the film analysis? I know I wanted to get into um, some of the first quarter stuff we saw from OG Ananobi. Guys, the Raptors led the league in deflections coming into this game, and it felt like tonight was more of the same. OG, Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet, some of the best deflectors in the league all on one team. Um, in this game, it was like, goodness. At one point or another, I started feeling bad for the Wizards because it felt like every entry pass they were making – was getting picked off and and down to the end zone ends up OG Ananobi finishes. You see here, Spencer Dinwiddie does such a lackadaisical left-handed entry pass to Bradley Beal, I believe that was, or no, sorry, Contavious Caldwell Pope. And OG Ananobi's like, thank you. I'll take that. Could have passed it off to Delano, but OG in transitions is as good as gold. So um, that was one play I wanted to highlight. And then for the Raptors this season, um, we talked about it ironically when Samson was, was here. I think, I believe it was myself, Oren and Samson. Um, how the Raptors, a lot of their offense would have to be generated from plays like you see here in the first quarter when OG Ananobi picks off a pass and it's defense to offense. And you hear Jack Armstrong and Matt Devlin saying it all the time, defense to offense. Your defense has to create opportunities and turnovers. And again, Gary Trent Jr., if you're watching it live, you see him, you know, this is a pass. Montrez Harrell doesn't really even look to the pocket, and that Svi takes that one. Gary Trent Jr. took the one before that. Entry pass to Bradley Beal from Montrez again. Picked off. 
You know, it's it, it felt like it was just deja vu for the Wizards all game long. Um, Aiden, what did you think about the defensive prowess from Toronto? It was more of the Ooh, same, no? That's a sultry word. You like I mean, that, prowess. It, it, it's like watching a college defense play against an NBA offense in the sense that, like, you know, playing those passing lanes, pay, playing high on a high post ball entry, you don't see that in the early in a regular season NBA game. And so, you know, Beal did put, did have a lazy entry pass because most most teams aren't going to challenge that. We've been challenging it all year. Gary's been do, making a living off of it. You're seeing Spee figure it out. OG is a master at it. Um, and and it is true. Like, that's where we're, we're at our best is where we're going to succeed, either on long defensive rebounds or on steals and deflections. And so um, it's paying off. If it doesn't work, if you miss those gambles, you're in a world of hurt. Um, and we don't really have the big man in the middle to compensate like a Utah. So, so far, so good. But it's, um, yeah, and it's so fun to watch. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I don't know about you, Kyle, but I, like I said, I was feeling bad for the Wizards, man. They couldn't get a single entry pass in the first half. Um, do you like this this sort of system that Nick Nurse has employed? And do you think it fits? Absolutely. I, I think even more impressive than like the on-ball defense is that it seems like all of these guys, especially the guys who are new to the team and were never laid a reputation as defenders, are turned into like excellent team defenders. Because as you mentioned, Aiden, like like there are guys who are there are guys who are like kind of gambly. Like I, you know, Gary Trent's averaging three steals. And let's be honest, he's gambling a little bit. He's cut, he's jumping passing lanes. He gambles for steals, but that's fine when you have such like long players on the floor that when the rotation is coming from the corner, even if it's a guard and they're like six, seven, but the six, nine wingspan, it can contest at the wing or it can contest at the rim. Sorry. Yeah. And that's, it's really like, it's incredible. I don't know if it's a credit to nurse. I don't know if it's a credit to the, the players and themselves, but whatever it is, these guys are just turning into incredible team defenders as soon as they step on the floor for the Raptors. So there's yeah. something in the water here in Toronto, I guess. Totally. And, and there are possessions where it kind of falls apart or even in the first quarter, they, they kind of seem like um, not at a hundred percent operation. Like they kind of seem a little lazy or a little nonchalant and then they turned it on. And it's just like when they're on a string, it is so exciting to watch and so stifling. Like teams really have on the perimeter, especially have so much trouble with our, our wing play. Yeah. Guys, as you were talking, um, I was just scrolling through Twitter and um oh, we're not we're not entertaining enough for you or what? No, no, you are, you are. Come on, don't <laughs> Is do Chris that. I was scrolling again? through Twitter. I can do both things. Chris Boucher, Kyle, like you said, <laughs> is at it again. Um, I don't know. Um, so he replied, you know, maybe we should show the tweet. I gotta maybe I gotta share my screen here, but he did reply to someone else's tweet. So it was me on Monday night, uh, I think it was like 2 45 in the morning. Um, I got a notification. I was up. I was literally just about to head to bed. I know, guys, super late. Get better sleep. I get it. Um, and I get a notification, and and I see the blue check mark, and I'm like, okay, so maybe this is, is it Orange? Maybe, maybe maybe Orange just won't leave me alone, or maybe Blake Murphy's, and you know something's going on. And then I see Chris Boucher, and I'm like, wait, what? So I click the tweet, and I see a thumbs up, and it's the Chris Boucher. Uh, it wasn't even really slandered, to be honest. It was just. I think I said something along the lines of, guys, I'm starting to lose faith in Chris Boucher. I don't know about you. Um, you know, no swearing, no, you know, NSFW stuff. It was a very simple tweet. Chris Boucher found it. Um, and, yeah, that was that was basically it. And apparently today he found someone else's tweet. And, um, yeah, we're going to share it with you. I think Aiden, Aiden has it up. Aiden, if you can zoom in. I don't know what's going on here. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my Don, help me out my, here, man. No, 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 don't this worry. This is the don't original. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Bang. Wait, is it up? No. Add it to the stream. Bang. So so the tweet oh, that, that oh. Chris Boucher replied to. That's not on the to, same I, level as what you did at all. That's unfair that, that that guy's getting lumped in with you. Yeah. And like, so the tweet obviously is at least precious is young. And I can't say this live, but TF if you know what that stands for, is Boucher's excuse. And then Boucher replied with another thumbs up. So welcome. I'd like to welcome Amir J. Hamid to the Thumbs Up Gang. Um, 
I'd like to welcome it, you. I don't know who's up next. Already out of the shower and on his phone. It's been like 35 minutes as the game's over. Oh, guys, it's a fake account. Oh, oh check mark. You know what's funny? All the uh, all the rap uh, rapcast simulcast people are probably listening to this. Like, what the hell are they talking about? True. Um, guys, I got, I got. Okay, yeah, we're moving. Edit, on. edit this. <laughs> moving on. Um, I thought he joined the joined the team. I guess now I know though that Chris Boucher, you know, he searches up his name after after game. So I can't really like. I'm gonna have to be very mild with the Chris Boucher uh, criticism from now. From now on, on. Um, yeah, I got caught. I get it. I got whatever. Cold. We all got uh-huh. caught. Everybody, everybody, have a laugh. I got baited. Oh, the people are saying I got catfished. It's Ooh. not too late. It's also not okay. too late. We never you, like um, wait till he gets out of the shower. We'll see what happens. So though. that was that was the <laughs> that, that was the original tweet that I made. Uh, yeah, I got I got pump faked. I'm holding the L. Okay, cool. I get it. Um, Chris Boucher, if you're watching the wrap up, we love you here. So. Um, there's no hard feelings. Um, yeah, I got ratioed by an NBA player eight. What is it? Eight games in to the season. It's a good start. It's a good start. It's a good start. I want to keep that up. Uh, let's move along. Aiden, I know you had some film analysis that you wanted to do. Um, yeah, that's what you guys are for. This is, this is true. (laughs) That's what you guys are for. It's all love. I get it. Yeah, that's why I have you guys in the comments. I wouldn't have noticed there was a fake tweet until you guys said that. So, um, but yeah, I guess everyone's making the joke about the Chris Boucher thumbs up, which is funny. So, um, this is my film. Yeah. Let's get to basketball. <laughs> let's get, let's, get, <laughs> so let's get to basketball. I wanted to, I really wanted to do a montage of all the OGs uh, attacks because tonight he was really finding the right pass at the right time. First of all, Svi is a great cutter. I, I'm kind of torn now. It's like Svi's moved up the ranks. Him, Gary, and Scotty just find open space all the time. And let that be a lesson to dudes who can't create their own buckets, whether you're in men's league or you're in college or whatever. Like, if you can learn how to cut, you can get yourself layups all day. All day. Um, what a play, though. Sal, your audio is being weird again. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let me, let me, let me get out of here. Let me get out. It, it's a great, it's a great cut to the intensity, like which he takes off here. That's that's impressive. And Beal, I gotta say, Beal is just completely oh, yeah. ball watching. Yeah. I don't. It's a great <laughs> cut. But, like I gotta, I you know, we we probably should point out that Beal is completely lost. But there's uh, an intellect to recognizing that as well. And there's a lot of NBA players who who will just take that opportunity to also do nothing and just spot up. So I really love it. And this is one of probably five assists and or potential assists like i said there's three plays in the first quarter where he found dudes who got fouled in the layups and went to the line and i think svi was two of those maybe so svi's making a living off of og there were what was this svi pull up i'm not sure what this is but um there were some other plays where og wasn't making the right decision and and that's still kind of something that's coming along with his game he, I don't know if you've noticed, Kyle, but he kind of like, he go like there, he goes to, uh, oh, <laughs> what's, what's up, what's up, what's Kyle up? Kyle goes into the transformation chamber and out comes Orm <laughs> Yo, we look alike, right? A lot of people say we look alike. Yeah, but yo, brothers four, one another mothers. Wow, you guys got 450 viewers. You must be talking some straight facts. Yeah, well, Saha was talking about himself on Twitter for like an hour, so we, <laughs> we had that going. <laughs> that's good what a game um, I, I just came here to say what what a fucking game oh my god that. i can't go to sleep tonight i genuinely can't i'm too amped too come amped on, up right come now come on here man tell us your favorite part about the game oh my, i mean it, it's gotten consistent now where og is just keeping them in it and then fred is taking over in the fourth and it's like that's that's a beautiful thing, man. Like OG has just impressed me every every game recently since the first two, and Fred the closer. You know, you wouldn't really think it because he he doesn't have the body of a closer, <laughs> but uh, he's making it work. Fred was like a metronome in this game. It's like every time we needed a bucket, he was yeah. hitting a three or like a pull up. Um, he had a couple of possessions in the fourth quarter. I'm like, 
Oh. But otherwise, he just like he did everything we needed him to do offensively tonight. What I'll say is that like out of the pick and roll, when you have a big like Birch and like Precious does when Precious is really on, who just like drives heads straight to the rim and brings the defender the drop defender with him, it frees up. Look how much space Fred has to shoot. I, I hate to keep harping on Boucher, but when you when you're just sort of loitering by the three point line after you set a screen. It doesn't have the same effectiveness for the ball handler. And you see when these guys are setting really good screens. I mean, Jack talks about it all the time in the broadcast. When these guys are setting really good screens and, and like just putting their head down, getting to the rim, Fred has so much room to pull up. Yeah. Let me, yeah. We got to talk we, about Fred. Yo, Fred. No, we're talking about Fred. When did you get here? Or in, what are we I'm, doing? I've been here the whole show, man. What oh, okay, smoke, nice. What are you smoking? I didn't you smoking see you, that man. good, 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 nice. eh? Remember, no. we're on the Rapcast Simulcast, so don't get Samson in trouble. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. Shout out to Samson's <laughs> audience. Um, no, Fred, like you just said, that's a good point because it's it's getting harder and harder for defenses to guard him because you switch it and Fred can take bigs off the dribble pretty comfortably. Like, yeah. he's getting more and more comfortable just, like, eating bigs alive. And then if you trap him, which teams have done for the first time this year, He's shockingly getting the ball out of it like every single time. He's not turning it over ever. He's always getting it to the big like on the short roll. And Fred Van Vliet, the half court uh, playmaker, I just didn't think he would ever be this good, to be honest. Like I have to take an L because I mean, I still think he's like better at off ball probably, but like I just never knew he'd be this good of a primary point guard. Um, and he's proved a lot of people wrong, including myself. Another little technical change he's done is like the first couple of games, he was kind of barreling down into that low block and just getting stuck. And we talked about this before, but in this game, he had two reverse layups, one of which he crammed to the side of the rim. And then he did it again on Kuzma and he made it. Or he's kind of curling through and kind of finding options on the other side, or he's going into the middle of the key and kind of getting his, his work done there. So he's really, he's really, um, slowed the game oh down a little goodness. bit and made uh, stronger decisions in that mid-range. Even there, that's a good example. He probably would have gone straight to the rim, but he cuts across and hits Gary in the corner. Yeah, and I'm, I'm about to go and let you get, leave you guys to it, but um, if you can add, you know, Barnes obviously is coming back soon and, and Pascal to this group, and I think there will be a rough transition period, or not rough, but like it's not just going to go smoothly considering mm-hmm. how many kind of non-shooters there are how many guys who like the ball in the post there are like it it could take a little bit of time for everyone to to find their spots when everyone's back together but uh i think we like it's a bit early in the season but i think we're at a point where we can just say the raptors are better than most people thought they were good i mean like 36 wins to hit the over under they already have six oh i got money on that baby the, the yeah. Raptors over under is like the best bet Vegas has every single every year. year. I think they've been uh, over for like 10 years in a row. Yeah. I mean, I was telling all my friends this, but a lot of people just either you believe that the Tampa season was real or you didn't. Right. And if you didn't, then it's an easy over. If you did, then you can have some, some second thoughts and be like, well, maybe they'll go for another high lottery pick. They're rebuilding, blah, blah, blah. But uh, they're not, <laughs> they're, they're just good. And that's pretty fun. But I'll I leave think- you guys to it. I got to go. Have a, have a good show. Peace. Bye, Oren. We didn't want you here anyways. So no, I'm joking. Can you, before I start talking, that, guy, did you, <laughs> that was a quick super sub for all my soccer fans out there. Um, you guys don't hear any noise in the background. Am I, am I right or am I wrong? You guys hear a little We're bit? We're good. No noise. You're good. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we have a tweet here from... Is it the real Josh Bloomberg though? Can we confirm yeah, that Josh before Now every it? time I pull up a tweet or a tweet gets, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm gonna get flamed. That was that was good. I like that. So Josh Lewenberg says the Raptors have won five games in a row for the first time since winning seven straight from March 3rd to August 5th, 2020, with a five month pandemic hiatus in between. <clears throat> it's good to see the Raptors are back. I mean, yes, they had Kyle Lowry last year. Um, so a lot of people felt like this year was kind of like the fall off. Um, I have a standing bet with a good friend of mine about the Raptors making the playoffs. So you guys know me. I'm, of course, going to take the Raptors. Man. Like, come on now. I'm not, <laughs> come on. I'm, I got to take the Raptors. And he's still pretty confident with it. Um, so 
I don't know how, but Pascal's not back. Scotty's not back, but it is what it is. It's good to see the Raptors winning. Um, and I feel like we, you know, we get to see more of you guys when the Raptors win. Um, speaking of more, <laughs> I love doing this. No, speaking of more, um, can we get some more likes, guys? Can we get some? We see the comments are just coming nonstop, but I don't know. I see 450 plus people in here and I do not see enough likes. So, and yes, I'm being that guy. Um, if you feel if you felt like I took an L, you know, about 10 minutes ago, showing you guys a fake tweet, then like. Do some pity um, likes. If you if you liked Orin's super sub, then like. Um, if you like Aiden's, you know, half bald head that he's showing you, like. Looks like um, a globe. <laughs> but you can't get at yourself. You got to leave me to that. Um, I'm excited though, guys. What do you think about the Raptors' winning streak? Um, do you see it as sustainable? They got the Cleveland Cavs on Friday night. So, um, what do we think? Honestly, like, I, I, I don't think that the the Raptors, yeah, it, it, the Nets is probably where it ends. But I don't think the Raptors are really like, I don't think they're concerned about those middling East teams. Or as a fan, they're no longer concerned about those middling East yeah. teams. The you know, well, the Pacers have kind of dropped off, but those sort of like the Celtics, the the Cavs, if they keep performing well, like that's not. We're worried about bigger things now. We have bigger fish to fry. Honestly, this team has proven, especially missing the contributors that they're missing this team has proven that they're they're in like the the at least the upper third of of the eastern conference at this point Dude, forget about sargs versus barnes this is mobley versus barnes like oh yeah that's gonna be fun my my 11 to 1 odds for rookie of the year is on the line here i want to see barnes back i don't think he's going to be back but the the raptors versus cat I don't, maybe we shouldn't go there, but the Raptors versus Cavs is going to be interesting because they're so the Cavs are so big and long, and it's kind of fun watching the Raptors play these different team stylistic teams because you want to see how this aggressive, fast-paced, long, chaotic style of play meshes with the different kinds of offenses out there. Uh, the the Cavs have three six ten six eleven dudes starting, uh, so it's going to be interesting to watch, to see how we match up. Lori marketing is going to be food for OG and Obi. I just Oof, want to point that all out. Night. You have the Cavs, you have the Brooklyn Nets, you have the Boston Celtics, and you have the Philadelphia 76ers. Kyle, I was going to say, I wish I knew some sort of like, going? I wish I knew some sort of Finnish cuisine so I could like you could drop that <laughs> reference. I don't know. They would totally like salted fish or something. Lori Markin is going to be salted fish. Ryan pickled fish. Yeah. I, have the, I don't know about you guys. I see these four games here, and I have. The Raptors going two and two. Um, I see them pulling it out versus the Cavaliers, and I see them winning against the Boston Celtics, who look like they're in complete disarray right now. Speaking of the Boston Celtics, they I don't know if you guys know. Them. Yeah, the the Boston Celtics. I believe it was Marcus Smart, Aiden, who made a comment last night about them essentially just falling apart. Uh, he wasn't happy with the way things ended at the end of that game, and then they had a team meeting. <clears throat> I know the Raptors were coming off a win, guys. I know, so everyone's saying four no, four no, four no. But I'm gonna be, I'm gonna temper the expectations a bit. I'm gonna say wins versus the Cavs and the, and the Celtics. I don't know about you, Kyle and Aiden. You're forgetting about something very important. That's that Brooklyn game is a Sunday matinee. Mm. Uh, a certain James Harden does not like post-Saturday night games. So he may not be at his best. That's a good point. Which, a guy like Banton's really going to take advantage of that. So I'm I'm marking Brooklyn down for a W. I think Boston's going to pull it together. I don't know what the hell Smart's going on about. He's shooting. I actually have an article coming out tomorrow on the Cavs, Raps, and Celtics as being surprises nice. this year. And the Celtics, uh, they actually pass a ton Smart's shooting 29%, so he shouldn't be jacking the ball anyway. Uh, I think they're going to figure it out. Their their defense at the rim is is very strong. Boston, to me, is the type of team that the Raptors have trouble with. They have long, agile wings. They have a dependable big man in Horford or Time Lord that can kind of move um, well with our screen and rolls. So I think when they pull it together, we're going to have uh, difficulty with them. I'm also going 2-2, two and two, but I'm going with the uh, – I'm going with the, the Brook, Brooklyn and 76ers wins. Yeah, give me give me two and two. I'm taking. I'm, I'll take the Cavs as a win, and I'll take the Celtics as a win. I think could be three and one if depending on the health of the 76ers. Because I think Tobias Harris is a COVID thing. 
Embiid, you could, you know, whatever. It's flip a coin with Embiid to see if he's playing. And Simmons is uh, <laughs> being a young socialite somewhere. Pursuing uh, mental health support. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's get some predictions from the comments. We see Darren here says 76 lose to the Raps. Um, Four and zero. I'm seeing a lot of four and zero. I'm seeing a lot of sweep. Darren's got both. Celtics and Cavs lose to the Raps. <laughs> okay, all right. I like what I'm seeing so far. People are saying it's still very early. Uh, and this is a good point that Guru makes. He says Harden's not getting the calls he once did, um, and that's been a talking point this season of the NBA about how they're completely changing the way a certain foul is interpreted in terms of the. The one where, you know, an offensive player initiates contact. <clears throat> and a lot of people have complained about that last season. I think a lot of the people who, a lot of fans who are, you know, who like physical basketball, who like what they saw internationally in the summer um, with the Olympics, um, people who like that style of basketball, which I think is, is a cleaner, funner sort of basketball where offensive players don't get these weird, you know, advantages over defensive players. We saw Trey Young complain about it. We've seen James Harden complain about it. So I'm not taking anything away, by the way, from James Harden. I still think he's one of the best scorers, I think, to ever play the game. Forget right now. I think he's one of the best to ever play the game. So um, Abby I, here says three and one. They're being I also love how these games are being refed. Like, there is so much going on uh, physically that would, would have been called other years. There was a play, uh, I think it was Dinwiddie kicked out on Gary Trent Jr. And they didn't they didn't call it. And they definitely would have called that last year. Like they called blowing in the wind a foul. Um, and so mm-hmm. it's really refreshing to see that. Like the NBA needs that. We need more flow. We can't have all this drawing foul baloney all the time. I, I think also uh, even more than the foul stuff, I wish they would just go after the the review process. And there was a funny moment towards the end of the game where uh, I think it was Harrell tries to take a foul on Birch off the ball, send Birch to the line. It's an off-the-ball foul, not on-the-ball foul. So they have a one-minute review with a minute left in an eight-point game or whatever, yeah. 50 seconds left in an eight-point game. Completely waste of time. Um, and they call, they call it off the ball. Fred steps up, shoots a free throw instead of Birch. And then they inbound the ball to Birch. Birch steps to the line, hits two free throws. Like it, I thought that was a hilarious moment at the end of the game. It was kind of like Nurse saying, "Like, what are you doing? Wasting everyone's time? Let's just like let's get out of here. This is a win. Come on." Yeah. I want to thank uh, Top Shot Tesla. I don't want to go over that too much, but um, Top Shot Tesla did donate twice while we were having the time of our lives. While I took a massive L, showing you guys a fake account um, that posed as Chris Boucher. He donated $2 twice, so we want to obviously thank Top Shot Tesla for that. Um, what I want to get into, guys, is our taxman player of the night, who I think has to be none other than Fred Van Fleet. And my goodness, guys, did Fred Van Fleet have a game. Um, our taxman player of the night is brought to you by Can-Am CPA which is a full-service small business accounting and tax firm with an experienced and friendly staff that can help you navigate a triangle offense better than Phil Jackson. Can-Am also provides personal tax preparation and can recover the refunds that you are entitled to. So don't leave your money on the table. If you have questions about your personal taxes, reach out to Can-Am. They would be happy to help the Raptors community. Check out their Google reviews and visit Can-Am at www canamtax.com and let's get some Fred Van Vliet clips up to end show the that night love. show that love to Fred Van Vliet um, who <laughs> was betting on himself See, I like this maybe us. we need to hire you Yeah, Fred Van Vliet bets on himself but uses Canam to file his tax <laughs> returns that's great um, we love that, and we love Fred Van Vliet. He played out of his mind. This is one of those games, and I feel like Fred Van Vliet's one of those guys that when he's hot, he's almost unstoppable. We saw the game last year, uh, which was unbelievable. I thought it was one of the best shooting performances of the season from any NBA player um, for Van, Fred Van Vliet, and then tonight we see a very good shooting performance 
Uh, we didn't talk that much about Gary Trent Jr. No. I felt like he was he was on and off a bit. Um, defensively, was there again. Um, but the shining light was Fred Van Vliet. Do we have any final thoughts, Aiden, on on Fred and what he means to this offense? Well, and we're seeing him do it in different ways. He had the 17 assist night where he scored a little bit less. Tonight, he shouldered the load, scoring. I I love this man. I love him so dearly. He's making the pain of Kyle Lowry's disappearance a little bit easier at night. Um, he continues to impress me. I think he's only going to get big, better and better, especially with Siakam coming back. And I just can't friggin' wait till the the quadratic, I don't know what it is, of Barnes, Siakam, Van Vliet, and OG are fully rolling. It's going to be so fun to watch. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't either. Kyle, any final thoughts on Fred or even the trio that you see here on Fred, OG, and Barnes um, and what they mean to Toronto? Honestly, uh, yeah, like I think you guys pretty much nailed it. I'm, I'm just I'm thrilled that uh, the season's gone this way so far, honestly, because we could have been here with a third of the amount of viewers and it, it could be two and two and five or whatever, two and six. So yeah. this is this is great for us. It's great for Toronto, and I'm happy that Fred. Uh, he's really coming into his own this year, and we'll see. I mean, he's been the league for a while, but it, it's never too late to take another step up. In fact, I think Lowry took a similar step in his career at that age. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's all for tonight. We want to finish off on that point with Can Am Tax and our Taxman Player of the Night, Fred Van Fleet. You guys see the graphic there. Fred OG and Barnes are doing work. And before you guys leave us tonight, we need you to like, comment, and subscribe to the Raptors Republic channel. Turn on the post notifications if you haven't already. We have tons of content. It's not just post-game content. We got the pre-game stuff going on with Manny. We got a lot of stuff. So this was the wrap-up, your Raptors Republic post-game live show. This was actually the simulcast where we're welcoming in Samson Folk's Rapcast viewers. So we want to say Is that like the multiverse? Well. I love I love saying simulcast. It feels like I'm in another dimension when I say I it. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're here. Toronto Raptors defeated the Washington Wizards, 109 to 100, bringing their record to six and three on the season. That was five straight, guys. That was it for myself. Sahal Abdi again here with Aiden Moss, uh, familiar face. I'm going to keep saying that. Kyle Brickman. We'll see you all Friday night at home versus the. Cleveland Cavaliers. I can say Evan Mobley and the Cleveland Cavaliers because he's he's deserved that. So take care and good night.